Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of RT Fitness, North Canton, Ohio. Allie, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here, carving out a little bit of your day to talk to us. Let's hop into it. Tell us about RTC, what you do, what you're all about. Uh, well, RTC Fitness is uh, definitely a labor of love for me. Um, it is now kind of a full service gym, if you will, in the sense that we offer group classes, private training, some hybrid stuff, nutrition coaching. Um, we've got kids classes. We've got 24-7 membership. We've got general gym access. So we kind of got something that fits for a lot of people. I won't say everybody. Um, but, uh, started off as a private training studio a few years back and, um, have always loved CrossFit Have always used CrossFit as, um, kind of my own training methodology. And I really wanted to get into offering group CrossFit. Um, but group CrossFit, the way that I believe it was intended to be, um, not for the average competitor or anything of that nature, um, just more for the average person. So a couple of years ago, I decided to kind of get into all of that. And uh, today we are um, a much bigger gym, kind of doing group classes based around CrossFit only. At this point, we will add some more in the future. Um, and then lots of PT and, and other things like that. Awesome. So let's go back uh, to 2017 when you initially, the entrepreneurial bug beat you hard and you started out the facility. What was your, what was your, your turning point and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to start offering things the way that, that I want to see them done. What got you to that point and uh, what pushed you over the edge? Uh, that was always something I knew I wanted to do uh, for a long time, to be honest. Um, I started coaching CrossFit for uh, the gym that I was training at. Um, well, it'd be 10 years ago now. Uh, so that was about six years prior to me actually starting the studio that I started. Um, and then in that I had developed my own kids program out of a different gym. I was coaching out of a different gym. At one point I was coaching out of both gyms. Then I started doing personal training out of a different gym. Um, I was always kind of, I had developed those programs had been my own businesses within those, within those gyms. Um, I had also taken over a lot of the the roles in terms of building the community and the events and kind of running the behind the scenes in a lot of them, even though I wasn't the owner. Um, I took a lot of pride in helping as many people in those areas as I could. I knew I always wanted to do it and make it my own, but I was always, um, I was always looking and having trouble finding the right space. I had kind of had a vision of what I wanted it to look like and how I wanted it to be. And it, initially I think it kind of stalled me because I wanted it to be everything that it is maybe now, um, right from the rip. And that obviously wasn't reality. So I would, I would see things and think, well, that's not going to work. And then I would see something else and think, well, that could work, but it would be something that I couldn't afford at the time. Cause I wasn't, you know, really established in anything. And, um, 
So in 2017, there was an opportunity for me to take over a very small space. Um, it was about, it was under 2000 square feet. It didn't even have a bathroom. Um, it was a dark little industrial dungeon, shared a bathroom with the space next door, uh, moved over and my personal training clients I was working out of the other gym with, um, and kind of did that and offered 24 seven gym membership on a, on a key, on a, on a keypad on the door for people that just, it's a way to kind of pay the rent and then, or at least help towards that. And I got the equipment that I wanted for the space. And I, I did kind of fulfill that part of my vision there, but it certainly wasn't by any means the facility of my dreams. So um, it was a matter of, it just kind of finally fell into my lap of this is an opportunity. Is it everything that I want it to be? No, but it's the stepping stone that can hopefully get me to everything that I do want. So that's how that kind of started there. So you had a lot of, a lot of ideas, a lot of things. You had your, your perfect gym model in your head long before you had the keys to the first place. And it was a little bit of that, you know, imperfect action beats perfect or perfect inaction. And eventually you got over it and you did it and uh, you've grown it since then, right? You've, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I think I knew the second that I signed the lease and got the keys to the first space that I was going to outgrow it very, very fast. But um, as I came to learn quickly after that, when I started looking for bigger spaces, um, finding the right space for a gym um, and finding somebody that will lease to you for a gym for what a million reasons that I didn't know at the time, but now know uh, was a, it was a huge struggle. Um, it took me, it was within let's say eight months max of me opening that small space, knowing I've got to find something bigger. I've and and starting to look, hired a couple different commercial agents. Um, I don't even, I can't even tell you how many places I saw, how many of them at one point or another went to letters of intent, started the lease process, all of a sudden the 11th hour, nope, we're not doing that, or this isn't going to work out. How many times I lost my mind and thought I was just going to give up entirely and at some point, just like, well, I'll keep that and let people do, you know, I'll have a 24 seven gym. It'll be some supplemental income for me at some point. And I'm going to go get a corporate job. Like this isn't going to work. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't know how many more heartbreaks I can take. And then, well, it was almost, it was almost a full two years later that I found the space that I'm in right now. And it actually worked out and I signed the lease and I was on the edge of my seat the whole time until it was done. Like, when's it going to fall through? When's this going to go down? And uh, I signed the lease at the end of May and I built out a 6,500 square foot facility and was open for business on August 1st. So it was quick. Moved the other space, did all that. Yeah. So. So you just, yeah, I mean, good for you for not giving up, right? There's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of heartbreak, a lot of, a lot of punches and kicks while you're down there, but you know, you're, it was, you're, and I almost gave, I, I won't lie. There was it was a close call at a few times. Like I had looked at other jobs. I had considered moving. I had gone to school in Colorado. I had considered moving back to Colorado. And I mean, just, it, it was, it wasn't the prettiest time in my life. Let's just say that. Something, something inside was like, keep going, keep pushing. You'll figure this out. Right. You figure, you figure things out, right. That's, that's kind of how you start to identify as at a certain point, like I'm going to make this work. I'm going to keep trying. So um, that's, that's an attitude and a, a mindset that gets you, gets you far in life, let alone in business or fitness or 
you know, I think to some degree, like you've, you've been an active competitive athlete, right? So yeah. it's those things like, all right, like you're going to get, you're going to get punched in the face a lot, but mm -hmm. you're either going to be the person who figures it out or the person who lays on the mat and, and goes in the fetal position. So right. um, I love hearing, you know, the perseverance that it takes because everybody wants to say, you know, I want to hear the overnight success story, right? And the overnight success comes after years of not having that success. And then one day you're like, oh, I did this. But yeah. you know that like, there's there's never any shortcut to it. So. Oh no. And it was, uh, sticking through. you know, I, I'm stubborn in a lot of ways and I'm hard headed and, and I, I knew it was what I was passionate about. And I know that it, I mean, I still know, obviously, and I knew it's what I'm really, really good at and it's what I wanted, but there did come that point where it's like, well, I'm not getting any younger and you know, how much longer am I going to keep banging my head against a wall over and over and over? Um, so it, I'm glad, I'm glad in, in hindsight that it worked out. Um, it was one of those things where then I found the space, I did all this and it was, you know, you're super focused, you're super amped. I definitely made the typical gym owner mistake of like, I went too big, too fast in the sense of, I went from this teeny tiny thing to the state of the art facility took out a giant loan, did all the things. And I'm like, man, I hope people come because, <laughs> you know, because of where I was and I knew how much the struggle was. This was the vision of what I wanted in terms of the space and whatnot, but it was a giant leap. Um, so to then do that and to look at it and go, okay, hope this works out. Um, and that was uh, in August of 2019. So then it was like kind of a slow build and then you go into fourth quarter, which is always a slow time. And here I am going, okay, well, we've got some members and this is good and we're building some traction, but crap, you know, <laughs> like, what did I do? I should have gone, I should have stayed in my little tiny box where the numbers were great and things were great and everything was easy and I didn't have to worry about money and um, which wasn't, you know, it wasn't everything was great, but compared to then all the headaches that you have with a, a bigger space and more people and coaches and staff and, and before it was just me i'd worry about me and my schedule and my clients and make sure the facility was clean and that you know okay move on it was a much bigger thing there were parts of it that i had never done um parts of gym ownership or business ownership that i didn't know a damn thing about still don't know about um so tons of learning in that process and then you fast forward to you know seven months into being brand new in this baby facility and first quarter starting and everything's like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. People are coming in. You've got your new year's resolutioners. Okay. How do we keep them? How do we make sure that they stick after two months? And then the world shuts down and I've got this brand new baby business essentially with all of these people looking to me to lead them and to be calm and secure. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a, it was a, it was a grind for sure for a while, but glad I stuck it out for sure and so you led right into where I wanted to go next from a timeline point of view what did you do how did you handle COVID what were you able to do did you make any big pivots I I don't know to the degree that you know your part of Ohio was affected as far as mandates and shutdowns so what did that look like and and what did you do to to come out the other side of it because you're still here right we're yeah. here so yeah so um you know, I, I started to see other gyms around the country that I follow and, and whatnot, uh, voluntarily shutting their doors out of safety concerns. And I remember uh, putting a message out to our team on that Sunday before we did get shut down of like, hey, this is what's kind of going around on around the country. And 
um, you know, what's everybody's opinion on the, the social responsibility stance on this? Um, that very night in Ohio, they announced that all bars and restaurants were going to be shut down. And as soon as they did that, I thought, we're next. Um, so Monday, fast forward to Monday morning, you know, 12 hours later, they announced that there was going to be a press conference from the Ohio governor. I was like, they're shutting us down. So we all hole up in the office, turn on it two o'clock. Sure enough, hey, effective in 24 hours. Gyms are closing too. And a few other things. They're saying two weeks. I'm thinking not a chance. So we had seen what some of the other gyms were doing in the area in terms of loaning out equipment, pivoting to Zoom or online group. And I was like, it's not ideal, but it's better than nothing. So we made that decision right away. We had a staff meeting that was already on the schedule every other Monday. It happened to be that Monday. Instead of having our normal meeting about, you know, what it would have been, it was this time is now open for members to come in. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can take. Here's how it's going to go. If you keep paying your membership, we're going to do two classes on Zoom a day and you can take home X, Y, and Z. We, we were fortunate that I have, we have a lot of equipment um, and we were still fairly new. So we didn't have that many members. So it wasn't like, oh, you get one of this or one of that. It was kind of like, come in and take whatever you want. If it's not bolted to the floor, take it. We had this like handwritten sign out sheet. We had one coach doing that. We had one coach grabbing stuff. We had people loading and it was just go right from the rip. Um, best case scenario was going to be, hey, we were allowed to come back in two weeks later and we had to bring all that stuff back in and go back to it. Worst case scenario was going to be, this is going to be a lot longer than two weeks and we're going to be glad we did this. So we hustled for the next two days to get everybody what they wanted, needed, switched right to Zoom and we ended up being shut down from uh, the second week of March to the first week of June. We were allowed to reopen uh, the first week of June and we brought everybody back then and everybody brought back their equipment. We didn't have one issue. Um, we did have about, well, we had about a 70% reduction in revenue from what we were doing before, but we kept enough people on and we kept in touch with them and went that way. So, so you basically pulled out every, every trick that you could think of out of your pocket and, you know, put yourself out there as, Hey, I, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm doing everything that I can we're going to do whatever keeps everybody safe and, you know, keep, keeps me out of jail. Yeah. Um, and, and we're hoping that, that you're ready to come back when, when things are, are open and safe. Yeah. And we, and we really were in it with them. I mean, we rented out pretty much everything. And we also took, um, at the time my head coach, George was, uh, renting a room for me in my house. Cause he was moving from Cleveland to take this job. He wasn't sure if, you know, we both weren't sure if it was going to be a right fit. And I was like, you know, I've got an extra room. Why don't you just live with me for a little while, make sure before you sign a lease and do all this. So it worked out nicely. Cause he and I were the two head coaches. I had a, a very tiny basement with really low ceilings. It was winter here in Ohio, which isn't always that fun. Didn't really have a garage. So I was like, we're just going to take home a few of these things. We're going to build out a little studio in the basement. We'll lead the Zoom classes from there. We'll work out from there. We're in this with them. Like we didn't come here and work out. We didn't come here other than to like grab some things every now and then. Um, we led our Zooms from that. We posted ourselves on social media, just like we asked our members to do from this teeny tiny little basement. Um, doing the things we were supposed to do just like they were supposed to do. And I think they felt like we really were in it with them and we did feel that way. So. 
hopefully one of you is short enough that you could go overhead in a low ceiling basement. We are both fairly short, um, <laughs> but we had to like, there was areas where it dropped down and then you could, I could get a dumbbell locked out, um, but it was, the rafters. It, was little, it was a little sketchy. But we made it work. You know, you had to adapt workouts. And it was important too because a lot of our members saw us as like super competitive, like great athletes. And then you realize like how many times we had to modify movements or do different things just to moving is better than not moving. And maybe it's not what you want it to be. And we certainly don't have a rig and all these things, but you can still get a workout in. Yeah, absolutely. So you weathered the storm, um, you've recovered, you, you're still steadily gaining clients right now right member base is healthy um in a facility the size of yours i'm sure you have i don't know the sky's the limit um you know you could probably have 300 clients if you wanted depend depending on how many people you want to manage you'll yeah. you'll probably run out of of uh of the ability to maintain relationships with more people and have to scale that before you run out of room right so it's going to be yeah. a while before i know you're expanding right? 8,000 square feet sounds like the Taj Mahal to anybody who's ever wanted to be a gym owner or been one that wanted more space, right? That's sound. That's amazing, right? You're, um, you're building out, you're adding things. Um, everything seems to be firing on all cylinders, right? So now you, you know, you're built, your business isn't perfect and you want to do more for your clients. You want to add more services, but you're at a point where you're also thinking about, Hey, now I can do some other stuff that's really interesting to me, holding seminars, holding competitions, doing other things than just your core offering. So what's your timeline look like on those? What's your, what's your motivation for them? What gets you fired up about just adding more things continually? Um, what gets me fired up about that is just expanding our reach. I am not a believer that we can help everyone or that we can even help anyone. I think that we are not the right fit for everybody or anyone, but um, there are way more people out there that need health and wellness, education, resources, um, support, encouragement, accountability, coaching, whatever it is, than there are gyms and gym professionals. Even though if you look around social media, you, you think you see them everywhere, but there, trust me, there are way more people that need this information and this help than there are people providing it. Um, and if, and I'm not even talking about qualified people providing it, like, let's just put them all out there. Um, so what gets me still jazzed every morning to wake up sometimes way earlier than I want to, and to work 14, 16 hour days sometimes is expanding the reach, getting more involved in the community at large with other business owners, people that are, you know, doing the same thing, grinding and struggling, trying to help people in some fashion, connecting with other people that have similar takes on health and wellness, um, trying to change what I can do in my small community in North Canton and, and whatever outreach we have from there um, in terms of scalability on social media with seminars and you know maybe someday doing more remote sort of stuff. I don't know, but um, I can geek out about healthcare being sick care and all kinds of things in terms of we're not actually getting to the root of the problem um, and how much emphasis we place on things that don't matter and how little emphasis we place on like on our health because you know what matter what what is, good does it do you to have all these things you might want in your life if you die at 30 because you're obese or and that's an extreme example obviously 
But um, those are the things that get me really, really excited. So the um, the idea behind the expansion was one, to be able to offer some more services under one roof, um, to be able to say like, as you go through your life cycle of fitness, things will change. You're not always gonna want the same thing and that's normal. And it's okay to wanna try different things or to maybe take some time off of doing the same group class you've been doing all the time, or maybe you've been doing personal training, but you're kind of getting bored with it. And the idea is you stay active in some way. So as long as you want to stay kind of within our walls and find something that works for you and we can still be a part of your life and a part of your journey, let's offer more things. Um, with the caveat being, I don't want to just offer things for the sake of offering things. I want it to be things that somebody on our staff is passionate about, um, knowledgeable about, you know, that's kind of the prereq, obviously. Um, and then with the expansion and that kind of being the core purpose for getting this extra space as it came available for us, it then really turned me on to, we can finally start running weekend workshops, seminars, nutrition courses in person, rather than just coaching people one-on-one -on -one and getting that reach to kind of expand. Because, you know, if you're running a group class, which is your core offering, and you do that every Saturday morning, like we do for several hours, in order to run a workshop that people want to attend and can attend, it also needs to be at that time. Well, how do you tell your people that are paying a monthly membership? Well, sorry, we're going to run this instead, instead of your class that you're paying for, because we want to talk to these people instead. So with the additional space, it was like, oh, okay. So not only can we have more offered under our roof to help people kind of evolve through their different stages of life, but we'll be able to do those things and have them running concurrently without having to disrupt the people that keep our lights on and um, allow us to do what we do. So you have this, this whole thing wrapped up in a synergy of athlete life, life cycle. Right. And, and I don't know if you, if you refer to your members, clients, athletes coming from a CrossFit background, I, I call everybody an athlete. So your, your client life cycle you have in mind. And also, as you said, maximizing your reach while staying in scope. And those two things paying such strong respect to each other, it, it sounds like a lot of time, a lot of thought went into both of how those can be interrelated. And really, I, I don't see how it can go wrong. I mean, there's always going to be trial and error. There's going to be things that work that, that don't work. You think people are excited for something and, and nobody signs up for it, but you're really just giving them both the attention and respect they deserve and, and trying to execute them in a way that that you would probably want it if you were a client with high expectations. Right. So I, I love that take on it. So we are getting a little short on time. Um, you've been through some stuff. You've, you've been through the grind as a gym owner. You've been in it a few years now. Pandemic happened. One of my favorite questions to ask is if you could go back to, to 2017, when you finally found the, the spot, you signed the lease, if there was anything you could tell yourself going back then or, or when you were in the process of going into that first, first spot that you think would have served you, that you've learned over the last you know four plus years, what do you think it would be? Um, going back to that very first spot, it would have been um, invest in me more, invest in my education and have learned the value of mentorship and um, more time in the business side of things than Absolutely. I think that I didn't, I didn't come into that until really pandemic time. I was like, well, now I've got some time on my hands and these are areas that I've realized after now doing this that I'm not very good at. 
and I maybe don't know about. And if I want to get this business to the vision that it is in my head, I've got to know how to do those things, or I've got to find somebody who does. Um, when I first, first started, I was so eager to find something. I found it, what I was doing. I knew I was doing really, really well. And I knew the ins and outs of it. And I wasn't really thinking about the future. Um, even though I knew I wanted it, I think I was young and dumb and kind of just like, well, you know, I'll figure it out then. So if I could go back and tell myself, like, even before I found it, when I knew it was what I wanted to do, like, if I had known anything about, like, getting involved and finding a mentor or a group or somebody that could have said, like, these are the things you're going to encounter and, like, let's let's learn about them now, even though you don't have the space yet and be prepared for it. I wish I would have had that then because I think it would have served me really, really well and I'd be further along than I am right now. Invest in, in mentorship and education. Invest in yourself. Yeah. I mean, I did, obviously I had, you know, if there was a new certification that came up, I did it. If there was something I could learn about nutrition or doing this or doing that. And I, and I've always done a lot of nutrition coaching and that's a big thing that I'm passionate about. And I've done those courses, but I didn't think about the bigger scope of that. Like when, when at some point this needs to be my business and not the job I bought for myself. Um, Heck yeah. What does that look like? Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think on those parting words of wisdom, the last thing that I need to make sure we get before we let you go, where can people find you? Where can they find out, you know, your social media, RTC websites, give us all that stuff so people can find out what you're doing out there in, in Ohio. Uh, well, you can find us uh, on Instagram, RTC Fitness Ohio is our handle, or you can just search for RTC Fitness. Um, we do a lot of social media outreach, hopefully do more of that. Um, on Facebook, same thing, RTC Fitness. Um, and then personal social media, if you go to our Facebook for the gym, you'll see me and our, and our staff kind of everywhere. You can kind of click, click over to that, or you can find me on Instagram at AJS519. Um, so yeah, that's... All right. Well, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure and um, can't wait to see the future is bright for, for you and RTC. All right. Well, thank you for having me. You are very welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. We hope you found some value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more when they drop, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you. If you'd like to be on the show, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will reach out to you. We'd love to hear your story, how you're doing your thing, what you can share with our audience, with the gym owner community. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with John Eikenberry. John, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Appreciate it. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and get right into this. So, uh, first off, what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? 
uh, Radicate Health Club. We're in Liberal, Kansas. Okay, got it, man, got it. And yeah, I'm always curious. So, um, what was what was the path that led you to this, like to to become a gym owner? Okay, so from the beginning, um, I worked at John Deere for ten years, uh, working out. You know, once I got in shape a little bit, uh, I had a friend that competed, and I'm like, man, I was like, maybe I'll give this a shot. So she helped me. Um, I did my first NPC show that October. Um, it wasn't a really big show, but I fell in love with the process. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to take it a little bit farther. She told me I should probably look at um, getting a coach and, and joining a team. So I did that. Uh, started with him January of 2015. Okay. Um, and we hit it off really well. Did like four or five shows that year. Uh, and just I got the ball rolling. This gym had opened up the beginning of 2016 and became friends with the guys that opened it up, um, training here, and then they were looking for trainers. So I went ahead and got certified and started training a couple of people um, after I get off work. Um, then, you know, clients started picking up where you know, it was a little bit busier than what I, than what I wanted to do after a full time job. And that kind of escalated. And then my job, you know, um, cooperative with me. So I'd go in late because I'd train some morning clients and then train evening clients. But then 2017, I was like, I think I'm going to do this uh, full time. So quit my job of 10 years, guaranteed money, and went out to be self employed training. <laughs> it was, there you uh, go. It was a slow start, man. Um, you know, worried about how you pay the mortgage, the car payment, you know, put food on the table. Yeah. Um, so it was rough. Um, but, you know, eventually just being in the gym all day, talking with people. I mean, heck, my client list grew enormously. I mean, I was training maybe eight, nine hours a day some days. Yeah. So, I mean, it filled up. And then, you know, that kind of evolved. Um, the current or the previous owners, they were wanting to kind of step back and do more traveling. Um, so we started talking about taking it over and buying it. And then I ended up managing it for them for a year. Uh, okay. Just to kind of get the experience on their domain. And then that gave me the time to get everything set up in order to take over. Um, so we got all that finalized. Took over February 13th of 20. And then uh, been running it. Made it through COVID and we're still standing. So Yeah. That's where we're at now. Got it, man. And yeah, that's um, that's one thing we were kind of talking about before here is so you so you got the gym like basically took it over right before COVID. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that's crazy to me, you know. And then and I'm sure like so you take it over and you have it right before COVID, and then the previous owners can't even travel anymore. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it was kind of it hit everybody. It seems yeah. like all at once there, like all the plans. For sure and they had a they had another house and they did one of the guys did traveling pt work so okay. he still worked and traveled he just had way more restrictions on you know doing his physical therapy for people right so right. they were still out they were you know gone from here but um, it just luckily we're in a smaller town uh, probably about twenty thousand people so we didn't have the craziness that some of the bigger cities did and some of those gyms had to suffer through that yeah I think initially we only closed our doors for like a two-week period. Okay. Um, 
what we did, you know, the governor came out with some stipulations of they allowed outdoor work So we reduced our hours. We would show up at like six, seven in the morning and still dark out. And we would take incline benches, we'd take a whole rack of dumbbells outside, carry a couple of treadmills outside. And we had our parking lot um, coned off with black tape. So we had an outdoor gym, you know, for two or three weeks of that process. That way we could keep people still coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty creative. Uh, during that process, you know, I was emailing senators, um, all that, telling them that it was BS, that we had to shut down, and you know, we should be focusing on people's health and proving them to fight that. Um, and then they reached out to me. So we actually went to the state capitol, provided testimony and all that. So, and then shortly after we did that, they lifted a lot of our restrictions here. So we was able to go back to work. Um, okay. Then we just kind of had the restrictions, some minimal restrictions, of course. But um, even when we were closed, I still allowed the trainers to train their one-on-one clients. Uh, so we still kept the trainers and those clients coming in, just a little bit of revenue coming. Yeah. One thing that really helped us during that time, we have a lot of, quite a few corporate accounts. Mm-hmm. And as you know, most of them pay a month behind. So that month that we were shut down and slow, all those checks were still coming in. So that kind of kept okay. because we had everybody else's memberships frozen. And then once we was able to open back up, we unfroze those. Those kept us through that month, and then that allowed those company memberships to start rolling back in. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, and it's good you guys had those in place. So yeah, man. So that that's a pretty um, pretty crazy ride. You know, as soon as you take over. Yeah. So not only that, you know, you're out there you know, fighting for your gym, right? Like, you know, getting your voice out there. So all this happened. I mean, I'm sure like that you're probably like, damn, well, you know, we, here we go. Right. Like ownership. So yeah. Nothing like getting tested the first month of taking over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know that there's anything that will test us like that again. And I mean, you know, I think most of the people are kind of fed up with the whole situation anyways. Mm. You know, the way I look at it is, I'm staying open as long as I can. You know, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, improve people's health, that which is really the best way. You know, the healthier people are, the better Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um let's so fast forward to today. Um, so you guys are open. What so tell me a little bit about the facility. Like what's the square footage? Like what services do you guys offer there? Um, we're ten thousand square foot. Okay. Uh, we got, you know. Cardio equipment, of course, um, cable machines, free weight machines, dumbbells, barbells, squat racks, pretty much everything you need. Um, we do offer group fitness classes as well. Um, those are included in the membership. So, you know, whether you have a single couple or family membership, you'll have access to everything we have to offer. Okay. Okay. Got it. And how many, how many people would you say um, take advantage of those classes? Because I know it's different everywhere, like, especially post COVID. So I'm just curious what it is for you guys. Um, you know, give or take or the days, the weather, all that kind of barrels, variables. Um, and then sometimes, you know, the spinning class will be popular and then the other classes will be a little bit less popular. They just kind of have waves. Sometimes the other classes are more popular. Sometimes the spinning is not. Right yeah. now, spinning is doing really well for us. Um, you know, we have a lot of full classes or half full classes. So, I mean, it's doing pretty well. Um, okay. Then we have like Insanity, Zumba, and um, some stuff like that. And I mean, we got some really good instructors. They have a really big following. Um, yeah. So, you know, most of those classes do pretty well. 
Yeah, that always helps. You know, when you have good instructors that are bought in, you know, because one thing that I found at my facility is, you know, and, you know, it's trainers are one thing, but when it comes to the classes, um, you know, people really, they get with one person and that's who they want to stay with. So like we've had some that have, you know, if they, if they moved or if they, you know, maybe they like had a kid or something like that. Like you really see that kind of start to go down you know, when something like that happens. So it's, it's huge having, you know, having the good staff and having member buy-in too. Yeah. So now as far as your, your personal training, so what does that look like? Like uh, you mentioned you had trainers. So are you still doing training as well? Yep, I still do. So I juggle training full time and running the business full time. Okay. Which is most of the time a headache. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been there. It's a lot. I mean, one of them alone is a lot. And you know, doing both of them and trying to make both of them as successful as successful as possible, you know, it's it's challenging. Um, and I always say that I'm gonna step back from training. It's just it's hard for me to tell people no. I mean, they need help. And I'm like, man, it's like, you know, it's like, I can help you for a couple of times. And then it just kind of leaves a little bit longer. But, you know, most of my clients I've been working with for years. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. there. Um, and we don't have a whole lot of trainers here. Um, I think about a handful of us, four dedicated that's always here. And then, you know, once in a while, you'll have the person that comes and goes. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I see what you mean there. Like, and, and that's how it was with me. So. You know, I was doing I was doing everything for a while. Like I was working the front desk training, you know, and then, you know, I finally I mean, I was getting burned out big time. So, you know, I got some programs, you know, in place, you know, as far as, you know, and, and teaching staff how to actually do things. So I scaled back myself and, you know, the freedom from that, you know, has been, you know, it's definitely been worth it. But in the beginning, it was tough because I had some OG clients. You know, and it's like you have this fear, like they're going to leave. They're going to tell everybody you suck and all this. And I think that we just we really build that up in our head. But it doesn't it's usually not as bad as, you know, what we expect, at least in my experience anyways. Right. And most of them see that, too. Like, I mean, most of them are like, dude, you need to you need to do something like you need to pull back a little bit. You know, That's some of my clients was telling me that they're like, dude, you work too much. I'm like, yeah, self-employment. He's like, he's like, I'm self-employed. He's like, you just need to take time off. I'm like, yeah. And I've made some steps in the, in the right direction. I promoted one of the guys that's been here. Um, he's my assistant manager now. And mm -hmm. you know, teaching him, and he's really stepped up. And that allows me to, you know, focus on some other things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do, are you still doing managing full-time, or do you have a manager in place right now? I manage full time. I oversee him. He does some of the small stuff, but as far as any of the accounting work and um, that side of it, he basically mans the front desk. I still do the scheduling for the other employees and everything. So, okay, okay, gotcha, man. That and I mean, we have a high turnover rate here. You know, we get a bunch of uh, um, younger kids that are coming in and working. You know, college age. Um, yeah. Some of them don't have the best work ethic, so they come and go. And then some yeah. of our workers, you know, they got other stuff going on uh, you know whether this is their second job to kind of fill in so they only work a little bit so just kind of dealing with those things yeah yeah i get that now what is it like for um like what do you guys have in place like to get new people in the door um i know a lot of gyms run off word of mouth of course um do you do any social media anything like that 
Um, I do a little bit of social media. I'm I'm pretty laggy on that. I, mean, I just I'll post a little bit of stuff here and there for promotions and stuff. But um, basically, it's all word of mouth. I mean, like I say, we're in a small town of twenty thousand. Uh, you know, there was two gyms here for the longest time, and then also right before COVID. Um, another guy opened up a gym. So not only did we have COVID, we had another gym open. So that stole a little bit of business from us, but not a whole lot. I mean, we're, we're selling them in there pretty well. But mm-hmm. yeah, basically just word of mouth. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So with, with the word of mouth, what is that? Um, do you guys do referral programs or is it just like, you know, people join the gym, they love it. They tell people about it. Pretty much that second option there. Um, yeah. You know, your first day, if you haven't been here, if you're local, it's free. Just that way you can check the gym out, you know, see if it's something you like and enjoy. And, you know, that that system seems to work pretty well. You know, most people come in and, you know, whether they continue to buy a couple more day passes or they just go ahead and buy the membership or contract at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I get that for sure. Yeah, and, and one thing we did too, um, it was, it was a pretty good offer for people, is we would do um, a day pass. And, you know, if they decided to join, you know, like that day or something, I would tell them, we'll put that day pass towards your membership, you know, so that gives them a little incentives, you know, because the the big thing that we all hate is for someone to come in, pay a fee, and then they walk out the door, right? And you don't know if they're coming back or, you know, did did they not like it? So I found when you give a little bit of incentive, you know, to at least talk to us afterwards, you know, that can, that can go a long way for you. Yeah. And we've, we've had a few of those. Um, so. Yeah. Something else that was really big for us is, like I mentioned before, the corporate accounts. Yeah. Uh, so four or five biggest employers here in town, we all we had them all set up as corporate accounts. Mm-hmm. That shoots in quite a few members. Um, you know, of course, those have kind of dwindled over the last year with COVID and everything, but they're, they're starting to build up. And I think they will, you know, start to go into next year. Yeah. Back up and, you know, having the manager in place, stepping back a little bit, that allows me time to put other corporate accounts, go out there, meet with HRs and try to get those set up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then something else that I'm working on right now, I don't have it all figured out, but, you know, switching it to where on the corporate accounts, we don't just offer them the membership, but we offer them, you know, say we set a couple days a month. And then those employees can come set in for nutrition or training counseling. And mm-hmm. then we also have an in-body body composition machine. So oh, they yeah. have to get monthly scans. So the upside of that is now we're providing service to them rather than just the membership. So you can get out of paying sales tax. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's, you know, that that's where it all comes in. Like that's that's the big ticket right there as far as, you know, getting people and keeping people longer and, you know, getting them to pay more is being able to show them that value. Right. And, and that's the thing about the end body. Um, you know, I mean, it hurts a lot of feelings. Yeah. You know, people come in on the end body and they're like, oh, like I always get people to say, like, where do you think you're at? And they're like, oh, well, this. And they get on the end body and it's like, uh, yeah. So, you know, usually most of the time they see right away that, yeah. you know, they need something from you. Yeah, it's also a really good starting point. You can see where you're at, and you kind of track your progress. So having that physical paper in their hands that they can see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, um, so you mentioned that people get to try the gym out for free. 
Um, do you have anything in place like um, a free assessment for training or like what do you guys do to get new people into training? Um, basically, you know, as they're signing up, you know, if they're relatively new to the gym scene, they'll ask what our options for trainers are mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody might come in as already a member and be like, hey, you know, I want some help, whether they're getting stronger. Generally, it's always more weight loss targeted. Yeah. Usually, yeah, come in and ask, and we don't search out since our trainers are independent contractors for the gym. Um, you know, they kind of do their own thing, and then if people come in and ask, we'll take their information to us and shoot it out to the trainers to see who who has the ability. Okay, okay, got it. So, so and now, as far as like independent contractors, yeah. um, do they get a split, or do they do they just pay you every month? So with that, you know, most gyms take a percentage. Uh-huh. Um, of their rate or how it does, we do a flat rate. So okay. the trainers pay 75 bucks a month for gym rate. Okay. You know, whether they train 50 clients a month or five. Mm-hmm. So that way the trainer has more incentive to bring more people in because they're not losing a lot of their money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not really losing much money by having them train. It brings more more members in, you know, with the trainers. And then they okay. even had an incentive program. They could get their gym rent knocked down by the more contracts, more members of contracts that they bring in. Okay. Okay. Got it. Man, so 75 bucks a month, that's a steal, man. Like, you guys ever thought of raising that, any? What's that? You ever thought of raising that up? Uh, we probably will at some point, depending on the trainers. But a couple of the trainers we have, they're also instructors. So they get a little bit oh, okay. there. Uh, okay. Okay. Some of my other friends that are trainers, you know, when they started out, they're like, man, we was getting a 60, 40% cut out of ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that can be beneficial. So, and sometimes it can, and sometimes it can't. What I found, so we, we've done everything. So we've done, we've done contractors. We've had, I just pay trainers a flat rate as employees. And so now we have it set up. Uh, we do the split. So um, the way the split works out now is, you know, like we, we're basically, you know, filling their plate, so to speak, you know, cause we, we've implemented some processes to, to get more people in front of them. And one thing that I've found is like most trainers don't really, they just want to train. Like when it comes to marketing, getting their name out there, you know, it's always tough for them. And sometimes sales are even tough for them too. Right. You know, so we found if, you know, everybody kind of wins when, you get them more people um, in front of them and, you know, they're getting paid more than they would, you know, if they were doing it on their own. So it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like it, and it just depends on what kind of systems you have in place, like what your goal is for the gym. So yeah, we we do all that stuff. uh, Like I mentioned, the assistant manager earlier, uh, I told him if he wants to get certified, the gym would pay half of it. And then we can kind of have that set up there where, you know, me and him tag team covering the front counter and then we're both out there training clients that way you know it lightens my load and then that also gives us another trainer to shoot more people too yeah yeah that makes total sense so we are uh we're getting towards the end of our time here on the podcast so um one thing i always like to ask people um and and this can be different this can be just overall company you know your overall memberships or your training department whatever but like in a year from now, like what does growth look like for you guys? Um, 
No, we're probably around the 800 to 900 member mark. Um, within a year, I'd like to see that back up over a thousand. Okay. Uh, get our numbers back to 2019 numbers plus 10%. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And that, that's a good goal, you know? Um, so you know that it, you know that you can do it, right? Cause you guys have been there before. So, you know, get there and then add 10% on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good goal. Really good jump to get back to 2019 numbers. Yeah. Probably close to about 100K. So get that back and then just add a little bit to it. Don't want to be too aggressive on that because but I know it's capable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just keep pushing year after year. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, John, man, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I enjoyed it. It was uh, good talking to another gym owner and hope you got some value out of this, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And for our gym owners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Sergio from Your House Fitness in Toronto. Sergio, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me, Dominic. Really a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to hear about you and all of the many things that you're doing with your house. So why don't you give us an overview and then we'll hop in and talk about what you have going on. Definitely. So, so for example, my company is it's called Your House Fitness. Uh, we kind of established it roughly, uh, me and, and my business partner at the time, now I'm just a sole owner, um, roughly, let's say six, seven years ago. And initially, like with everybody, we wanted a gym, we wanted a studio, we wanted to kind of see what it was going to kind of work for us. So um, I always believe that, for example, for my model, that I should never take out a loan. So, you know, like it, everybody has their different perspective, different beliefs. So I just don't like debt because of where I come from. I come from the Dominican Republic. I saw my mom in debt. I never wanted to kind of, you know, touch loan money owe, to the, owe anything. Anyways, um, so yeah, so I moved to Toronto and you know what, you start seeing these condo gyms and you're like, this is literally a, a gym study. Like I could literally, you know, run a business. So we set up a model where it was in-home personal training, where we go to the client, where we go to the client's homes. And then you would say, well, you go in-home. Yes. Like, yes. In-home or in 
in their condo because a lot of condo gyms, a lot of, sorry, a lot of um, buildings have condo gyms and use squat racks and dumbbells and everything. So yeah, we spent two years roughly at that um, and building the model. All of a sudden we started with, with one trainer. Um, then we, at, at a point we were at 30 trainers and then we were making significant cash flow now. So then, you know, as all companies, um, after, after you start delegating the cash flow, okay, well, now it's time to maybe expand. What's the next idea? So this is when it became very transparent that even though people had, you know, condo gyms, they didn't want, they, they didn't want their neighbors to see them. They didn't have the proper equipment. So it was now time to kind of get a, get a studio. Why a gym? I mean, it's the same thing. I don't want to spend, I don't want to have to get a loan and get permits and construct. Cause that in Toronto, um, I mean, in, in the cities, it's very kind of, it's a very tedious model. So eventually we ended up finding a location that worked with our budget, with the cash flow, And uh, yeah, we got it. We implemented it. Um, it was very good. We, yeah, well, all of a sudden the first six months, one, two, three clients, and then it kind of boomed up. So that we basically, we ended up getting another studio, closing that one down, getting a bigger one. So right now, the studio that we'd have um, fits roughly um, 10 personal training clients. And um, yeah, I mean, we have over now, right now, 40 personal trainers, 300 clients. Um, you know, the journey has been very, very interesting. In addition to that, um, we, we, do, we still do the in-home. We have the studio, and now we have partnered up with uh, with a gym, with a seventeen thousand square foot facility, that we only offer personal training services. We offer massage therapy services and esthetician. Now the other two don't matter because PTs are bread and butter, but you know, just to kind of you know, it's just more cash flow for the business. Wow, you got your hands in a lot of things, my man. Yeah, you are. Like the you are. <laughs> people can't see you. You're not currently wearing a hat, but you wear a lot of hats for sure. You're, you're doing a lot of things. So let's take them piece by piece um, and talk about, you know, what your plans are for, we'll, we'll say, we'll start with the, the in-home personal, uh, personal training model. Is that something that you're actively trying to grow always, or is that just something that's sort of self-sustaining and, and evened out right now. Like you say, it's self-sustaining. It takes care of itself. I don't, I don't have to touch anything anymore. Um, the one thing is that we are slowly expanding into different places. So for example, we're from Toronto. This is where home is, but we're, we've expanded to like British Columbia with Vancouver. Um, we've expanded, you know, a little bit more Nova Scotia and territories like that. But even in, in the States now, we've slowly expanded to New York, um, I believe Houston, um, Sacramento, which is a, has a very big demographic of personal training. Um, yeah, and just a couple of other states specifically, just slowly. And, and, and everything for, for me, um, you know, I, I'll talk about that very, very briefly. Uh, you could do it the, the paid ads way. And, you know, you say, okay, well, you know what, I, I want to go in aggressively to New York and I want to allocate a $500 budget a day to a specific, you know, postal code or zip code, which you call it, Americans. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm just doing it very organically. So we, we do get a lot of leads, you know, I would say like 5% from, from the States, from those countries. Yeah. So, I mean, self-sustaining, but looking to slowly 
yeah, increase the territories. Okay. And that business on your end is mostly you connecting with qualified personal trainers in various areas. You vet them, you put them through whatever process to make sure that they're qualified. And so you can put your name behind, but once you have them in your stable, your interaction is just, you get a lead, somebody's looking, you connect them with a trainer and then you just take a percentage. We actually, we actually, the client is, is fully ours. So the way it kind of works is, um, so we, I always say this, we never, like my business model has been since I created the company. I never go out fishing. I, people come to us always. And it's the best model because then you can kind of qualify it. So a great example is, I'll, I'll break it down very quickly. So people always inquire to us or, or referral from a client, right? Uh, when that happens, basically we, we qualify the client. First of all, we make sure the client knows the person, like what the rate is, which is one of the most important things, which I, I would assume a lot of people, the struggle is, oh, I can't sell personal training. It's like, no, no, no. We let them know what the training rate is, what are the packages. So um, in an email, so before, you know, they reply, they already, you know, they already know what they're getting into versus, oh, I've, I've never... I didn't know the pricing. He didn't. So we get that out of the way. Then we get their fitness goals, um, availability, intersection, and then past or present injuries. Then based on that, we try to kind of, uh, you know, reach out to the trainers that's closest to that, to that intersection. Mm-hmm. The trainer goes in, offers, offers, you know, the complimentary session, which we always pay the trainer now. So, okay. it, yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, so that it's good. It's good to, for everybody to know, it's a very gray area, especially in Toronto, sorry, in Canada where, well, Ontario, sorry, where it's, it's, it's um, like, there's the big corporation here. It's called, I'm not going to say what it's called, uh, but. Canadians but they, will know. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Canadians will know. Canadians know. will know. They ended up getting sued for roughly $160 million, $100 million. Um, But basically it's because they put um, personal trainers to work for free, which is interesting to understand that model because what you tell trainers, oh, it's your business, grow your business. Okay, I understand that, but you know, that they ended up getting sued anyways the bottom line is we always pay for that so regardless the person buys or doesn't buy um the trainer gets compensated after that you know we simply follow up how to go um and yeah and basically sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work the majority of the times the, the 60 80 percent it does the other 20 40 it doesn't because it's a chemistry game um and also how good is the trainer and i'm sure if you get a trainer that has a lot of people not not converting, you quickly learn, maybe this isn't a good trainer for us. Well, it, you know, you determine a couple of things. Either the trainer is very bad at selling, which um, we, I kind of, you know, we do one-on-ones, like in, initially, we, like, we bring them in, we pay them for the session. And I'm going to tell you how I kind of sell or the company sell or how kind of you do an assessment because it's very subjective to, to people, right? You know, and we tell them what are, what are the expectations of the client? What are your expectations? Fitness goals, periodization, planning, get everything done. And um, yeah, or they're very bad at selling. It's not a good fit or the trainer is stealing, which again, we've had scenarios where I've taken trainers to court where, you know, it's one of those things like, hey, let's talk. We're like, no, 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 no. So um, yeah, and basically there are clients. They're the trainer's client, but at the end of the day, um, there are, they're basically, they're all, they're our client. Awesome. Awesome. So that's kind of the, the online remote side of things that you do. And that is something that a lot of people are, are looking for different ways to add it to their business and your flavor is unique, but still 
a, a lot of our listeners out there are in brick and mortar. They're training people. They're, they're right there, as we say, in the trenches. So what would you say your strengths are on that side of the business? Uh, what do you think that you're doing really, really well that's led to your success in the, in the in-person setting? Uh, what do you think are the, the things that are that you bring to the table that people could learn something from there? From the, from the in-studio side, the right? In-studio side, so, so, I mean, we, we do provide kind of a unique experience for the studio because um, our, for example, our studio is only for personal training, meaning if you do not have an appointment there, you cannot show up there. So it's, it's, it is one of those things where it creates a privacy, intimacy sort of, um, yeah, sort of situation, which is very good. And um, yeah, we have roughly working at the studio, roughly five, six trainers. Um, and basically, yeah, you know what, like I, um, yeah, once you get hired in the studio, it's just like, you've probably been with me for quite a while. And, you know, I know you're pretty good at what you do and you care. Like we try to get trainers that care, that are highly qualified, that, um, that basically not only have certification and experience, but they also have like diplomas, um, diplomas in, in fitness and health, bachelors. Um, they're going to kind of, you know, chiropractor school, physio school. Now, sometimes it's not about education. It's more about how the person communicates and how well they are, right? Because personal training at the end of the day, um, we're basically, um, um, what do you call it? We're, we're like therapists sometimes, unfortunately. <laughs> Absolutely. And that can, be a, that can be a blessing and a curse. So yes. in, the, in the smaller, the studio, right? Because I know you have the partnership with the big gym. How big, I just want to talk logistics for a minute because these are always burning questions. Of course. And I think that you might have some, how big is that space? Roughly a thousand square feet. Okay. So it's a thousand square feet. They could be up to 10 people, 10 tra uh, clients training max there. Yeah, that's what I was going to go. When you say yeah. 10 clients training max, would this be like, if you had 10 people in there, would they all be with their individual trainer? Could it be like two trainers with five people each? Because there are all these people have different belief systems. And, you know, we always want to try to try to break that and show people that there are different ways. One of the places we use the podcast that a lot of people will hear a thousand square feet and think, one trainer, four clients, that's it. You can't do anything else with it. What does it look like at maximum ideal capacity for you there, like trainers and clients? Uh, maybe, let's say, five trainers with some have one-on-one, -on -one, others have couples. Mm -hmm. We personally, for example, like myself, like uh, tonight I have a, a, a trio and sometimes mm -hmm. a, 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 four, a group four. Mm -hmm. um, but again, when that happens, I do limit the studio and lock it down. So basically, you know, we have, um, we have a software very, a lot of people use MindBody. Yep. Um, other people use different stuff. So the one, I, the one I use, I basically have the slots available. So, um, you always kind of block the spots. So, which is a very good thing because there's up to like capacity, let's say from five to 10, meaning if there's a couples, it's going to fill up two slots. Yeah. One on one, so it's one slot. Um, I typically train three to four sometimes like it's this, but this is on the rare, rare occasion. Like I do this, sorry, once a week. So yeah, yeah. experience of the trainer and, and their ability, but I love that, you know, you're kind of smashing this myth that if you have a thousand square feet that, you know, maybe the studio itself could, you know, people might hear that a thousand square feet and think, 
oh, I could only train 50 clients total here in my yeah. studio or something like that. And, and there's a lot of old school kind of just accepted facts that aren't really facts anymore. So like you could fit 10 people in the studio at once, but let's, you know, let's knock that down and just do a little bit of math, right? So let's yeah. say seven was great. And you could, well, you call it eight, eight hours a day, right? If you could train eight hours a day, right? That's 56. And, and we'll even round that down to 50. And then if the average person's coming two or three times a week, now, now we're talking maybe 150 clients you can have in that 1,000 square foot personal training studio, right? Some, something around there is, is possible if you can get people to come at all the hours that you want, right? Oh, yeah, 100. And that's the big thing. But it's like you're saying, so I, I, I haven't done that since, since the pandemic, but the way I used to kind of, um, you know, see the, the impact and the growth of the studio was how you're saying, you know, you, you basically you have the, the 1,000 square feet. How many slots are available? How many hours a day are we getting? What, you know, and so what's a reception as well from people? Because some people are like, you know, I have an issue with working close or not close, right? Yeah. Um, so typically for people that don't want to work close, it's like, okay, well, you know, there's non-peak times that you could allocate that, right? Uh, but again, it's just the typical 5 p.m. and up, 5 to 10. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, that yeah, it's good to, you know, as business owners for us to have those numbers and see, you know, how we could fit it. A thousand square feet is enough for me, enough for, and, and also as well, what, what, what is the cost of the rent of the lease? That's, that's another factor as well. Um, that, that studio is in Toronto. Yes. Toronto, which, which you would say, crazy well, it's, rents. it's probably crazy rent. Right. But I made sure that the location we got, it's sustainable. It's, it's so, I don't have to do a hundred hours to make profit a month. Right. So I made sure that I, and it's also centralized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why like, uh, like, 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 for example, I'm trying to see here. Uh, I know a 10,000, let's say a, an 8,000 square foot facility um, in, in a main street in Toronto is probably like $10,000, right? Mm. And I mean, it is worth it. Don't get me wrong. After the year, but, you know, it's people really need to, business owners, whoever's going to get into that space needs to kind of realize, you know, what's the, what's the cost per square feet? How many clients could I put for square feet? And then you have to allocate um yeah equipment because that's the other that's the other component right it's like what equipment because we're a studio i only have one squat rack a bunch of dumbbells kettlebells um a barbell a hex bar a lifting platform um i have something called an iso fit which is an isometric machine um it that 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 takes roughly uh we maybe seven feet and maybe three feet wide um, yeah. So I have an ice, uh, 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 an air bike as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, from that, that perspective, uh, for business owners, just, you know, calculating what could you afford at the time and how, and same for the next year, let's say, for example, I, when I got the studio, I said to myself, okay, could I, if I go without one client in a year, can I still be profitable? You know, no, but then what's my cash flow looking like? You know, that's why we implemented the, um, the in-home so that cash flow can go. So eventually the goal would be to have a bigger studio and then allow entry now for people to come use it now. But again, in Toronto, it's a lot of, it's a lot of money. Let's just say that. Yeah, for sure. 
So we only have a few minutes left and you have a million things going on and, and I wish that we could do this for a while, but I wanna hear about what your plans are for growth, whether it's, uh, you know, especially the brick and mortar, the in-studio, um, if you can still grow that, how you're gonna do it and also how you're growing this um, add-on business where you're in a, a space, a, a big open gym, we're doing PT, like what are your big growth strategies? Is it all organic, referral, word of mouth? Are you gonna get into the line of paid marketing? What are your growth strategies going into the, you know, the end of 21 and into 2022? Yeah, so those, so particularly the studio itself now does very, very well. Like in terms mm -hmm. of, it generates probably two leads a day. And then one of them ends up buying maybe two a day, maybe, you know, it's, it's good to know how many leads you get. And all of that is organic. So I would encourage kind of business owners to, you know, you know, make sure that um, your organic searches are up to par. So I mean, Google, as everybody know, Google's daddy um, <laughs> and based, yeah, like that's a, you know, but, but the problem with Google is, you know, I, I've, I've become very good at search and I'm optimizations during the last couple of years. And um, yeah, what I could tell people is like, there's a lot of, you know, organic searches. So for example, you have the SERP, which is the search engine, right? You know, you should try in your area and your specific keyword, for example, personal trainer, let's say Toronto, personal trainer to be in that, um, in that tier, which is a lot of people's like, how do I do that? Well, there's tutorials online. You could, you know, consult somebody but it's just optimizing your website. So that's one of the most important things that business owners don't realize from an organic sense. Um, then there's the Google My Business, which is one of the most important things. Um, they, they even have their own app, which is also free as well. So it gives you, if for free, you could set it up, take pictures, but it gives people a, ra a, a, radi like a radius that they, like, oh my, there's a gym near there. So. And with the app, you could see like tw there's 20,000 in my area, 20,000 active people that are hovering over our location, right? Um, because you have to remember, like even somebody's looking for a trainer and if it's online, they're not necessarily going to go to you, right? It's, it's one of those things where you're going to get the impression with an impression is basically is you go to like, if, if you see any sort of keyword, uh, any sort of website and you kind of see it, that's an impression. So you might have 20,000 and, and two conversions, right? Which is just important to know. Um, so, I mean, long-term, like that model is pretty good. With the big boy gym implemented, they they take care of, uh, of the leads and everything. So okay. we don't we don't kind of mess with that. We don't um, we do not do anything, which is a very good position. You facilitate to it. Yes. We, get leads, you, you provide the trainers and do the scheduling and, and take exactly. care of that. Okay. Exactly. So I just make sure that my trainers have their, their schedule updated because that motto is your schedule's there. If they want to book something and they're going to book it in. So I need to make sure that your schedule is updated at all times because we fail in that aspect when they book a, a client. And if my trainer can't show up or I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. That's a fail. And that's a big no, no. And then um, manage service for you, not uh, a full Kind of cradle to grave exactly so it's that thing where it's just like so why you and i'm like well because i'm the whip i'm i make sure that everybody's you know everybody's keeping your schedule updated um and then lastly for the, the thing i wanted to talk about um it's, and i'll be very quick about it so we we now sell fitness equipment 
which is very, very good. So we sell it to kind of our clients and the outside um, base as well, um, brand and name. And then our blog now has been, you know, that's one of the big things we've been working on. And so for example, we rank for turn like exercise tutorials, like land, a landmine row. What's an interior deltoid? Very, I am sorry about that. I had a feeling that that was gonna come up. I don't know why. Give me uh once give me one if you hold one second. Yeah, yeah, go for okay, it. And maybe pause. Yeah, no worries. Is it is it very bad or no? How bad is it? Well, we're we're close to wrapping up, so Okay. We are we are just about out of time, but I want people to be able to see everything you're doing. So before we let you go, Sergio, where can they find everything that you're doing? What's your website, your Instagram, your YouTube? Where, where's all that so they can find out more? Definitely. Let me just go outside so you, the listeners don't have to worry about that. So basically, you see that's much better, huh? So, yeah, so, for sure. So basically, um, they can go kind of your house fitness, check our, our, our business model, check everything is there. We have all the services. Um, and basically, yeah, Instagram is more for communicating with, with clientele, um, you know, some certain updates and stuff like that. But yeah, just to yourhousefitness.com and they'll be able to kind of see everything from the blog to the services to the, yeah, to the, and to the fitness program. Awesome, man. So to everybody out there, yourhousefitness.com. That's where you can find Sergio, everything that he's doing, probably not everything he's doing. So I have a feeling that there's always a <laughs> hundred more things going on in this man's world. Sergio, thank you so much for being here today. As always, I wish we had more time, but hopefully I'll get to uh, check back in with you at another time. Hopefully. And, and thank you for having me. A pleasure. All right. Sergio from Your House Fitness. To all of our listeners, thank you for your time again today. We appreciate you spending a little bit of your day with us. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, if you want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. Leave us a review, throw us a like, comment, share. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast, click the link, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. Until next time, keep changing lives, keep working hard, keep kicking ass. Jim Wards out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.